You know you're a nerd if it's a pleasure to write this code. Exactly. 100%. <laughs> Welcome to the React Native Nerds Podcast. I'm Spencer. And I'm John. Join us as we dive into topics you need to know about to become a better developer. Hey, Spencer. How are you doing? I'm excellent, John. How about you? How are you today on this? I hope it's not as gloomy there as it is oh, here. Oh, it's pretty gloomy. Yeah, it's pretty gloomy here. So welcome to episode one, React Native Navigation version five. Yeah, and you're I'm a little bit of an expert on this. You have a course out in React Native School, so we're we're gonna dive deep into this today. I hope. Yeah, it's it's a great library. It's a, I mean, as with most software, it's just getting better and better with uh, each version. And I love the new API, so I'm excited to dive into it. Yeah, it's really really nice. Yeah, do you want to give an overview? React Navigation v5. Pretty much, from what I understand, a ground-up re rewrite of this library, uh, basically taking all the stuff that they've learned in the previous four versions, and then all the navigation libraries that the maintainers have built previously, summing it up, making it this really great library that uh, is super customizable, but then also feels super natural on iOS and Android, um, and then also just like taps into a bunch of really cool stuff like hooks and uh, declarative API, awesome. There's native navigators, uh, upgrading's relatively simple, so it's, it's a whole bunch of really good stuff. So in my app, I used version three, and I was looking, comparing my code to this new version, and it's pretty amazing. I, I really like the fact that it's component-based, mm -hmm. and I guess the other one you would call class-based, how would you, classify version three and four actually because they're very similar yeah that's a good question i'm not really sure it was just like you would pass a configuration object to a function and then it would create these components that yeah would you know you would render just like a normal component that you would create it's just like the syntax to declare that was a little bit different um, in that you weren't writing jsx to actually define your navigation structure so uh from my point of view, like teaching it and also just working on a lot of different projects in my consulting work, it was kind of like a disconnect between uh, the way the code you would write and then working with your navigator. There were two two pretty different ways to define things. So there was a lot of a, a bit of a disconnect or confusion about those differences. So with this new component based configuration, it's you're writing your navigation the same way you write your components. And I feel like that hierarchy is a lot more clear uh, with this new exactly. API. Yeah, and that, that's sort of what I got from it too, because you're used to writing components. You're used to building those. You know what that syntax looks like. What I thought was really cool, I was watching um, some other tutorials because you know I'll be transparent. I haven't used this yet in my app. You can dynamically change those parameters. You, or, Mm -hmm. props i guess you just change them and you know they change throughout your app it's really really neat and i think listeners when you use this you'll realize that it's the same syntax that you've been using whenever you build a component right and like one of the the awesome things so here's a bit of a change if you've used v3 or v4 uh, you had a switch navigator the switch navigator allowed you to uh, for example in authentication if you're going from an unauthorized state state to an authorized state in your app You'd use a switch navigator, so you would basically switch the context that the app or the user's in uh, without allowing them to go back. But now using this new component-based API, we can use a stack navigator uh, for everything. And then basically all we're doing is because we can very easily pass props, and it's common if you know how to write React or React Native, you're used to passing props. 
So using this new API, you can basically say, okay, if they're authorized, then pass these screens to my root stack navigator. If they're not authorized, pass these different screens. And it's just a very clear, if authorized, show these screens, if not, show these screens, versus a switch navigator where you kind of had all the screens available at any given time. In addition to signing in, for example, you would also have to then go and navigate from a different navigator. But now because you're able to use these props uh, that you're likely storing in context or Redux or however you're doing it, you can use these props to then determine what screens you're showing. Used one word in there, clear. And I think that's the whole thing. When you look at it, it's very clear. It's very understandable. And with three and four, it just felt like you were in this spaghetti string of curly braces and commas to try and get all of that configuration data there. And then when you're passing that around, it was it just got nightmarish at times if you didn't do it right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And the biggest change for me with the syntax is just like I can so easily see the hierarchy now, even though like mm -hmm. I break my different navigators into different like components or functions. And I've always done it that way. Like not that much has changed in the way I actually structure the screens, but just making it as simple as seeing JSX in a tree form. It's just been so easy for me to better understand, okay, these screens are children of this and they have access to whatever, like you were saying earlier, it's just so clear. I don't remember the phrase, but like it, you can just easily quick, quickly scan it and kind of get an understanding of what's going on. Yeah, you can grok it pretty quickly. That's it, yep. yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the hooks. You know, hooks have been a big deal with React and React Native and our ability to hook those up, no pun intended, <laughs> to just make things a little more reactive and whatnot. B5 comes with a set of hooks out of the box. Do you want to talk about a couple of those? Yeah, under the hood, the way React Native Navigation works, and I'm sorry, I've been saying React Native Navigation. It's React Navigation. React Native Navigation is a fully native navigation library, which is independent of React Navigation. Also great library. Oh, that's good to know. I've been doing the same thing. Yeah, so we're talking about React Navigation v5, reactnavigation.org. That's the, that's the package we're talking about. It's typically the package that I use for navigation, React Navigation v5. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it right the rest of this time. <laughs> so looking at the hooks with React Navigation, the way it works is whenever you create a new navigator, it's basically using context to create a provider and a consumer component. Your provider is going to be your navigator. Your screen is going to be your consumer. And because of the way this works, because your navigator is providing some different information, and then the screen is just then using that information from context to provide things like the navigation props so that you can say navigation.push or the route props so you could say route.params, whatever. Because it's set up that way and because of the way hooks works, they, they provide us with a variety of hooks that I'm 90% sure they're using within or within React Navigation to provide us with these different props. Basically, with these props that are, or these hooks that are available, we can tap into all these awesome things super easily and just use that context state. For example, we've got access to use navigation. So let's say we've got a header button that allows you to sign out or something. We can use navigation in this nested component and we don't have to do uh, basically a bunch of prop forwarding where we pass the navigation prop down three components to the actual sign out button so that when they press that we sign them out via the data and all that stuff but then we also navigate them to it typically you'd say something like navigation dot replace whatever 
Well, with use navigation, we can just grab that navigation prop from context automatically and it just works perfectly. It's super, super cool. Yeah, that's beautiful. A few other props that they've got are use route and we'll talk about navigation versus route because that's a bit of an API change in a little bit. But there's also things like using use is focused, which allows you to know is the screen that a user's on currently focused. And that was the problem I know I had in the past was basically you would know a screen was mounted, but if you would push a new screen on top of that, it would stay mounted. Because of that, you wouldn't know, okay, I'm not looking at this screen, for example, like a chat screen. Because that screen's never unmounted, maybe you would never unsubscribe from that chat subscription. Not a huge deal, but it could be one. So using this use is focused hook, we're able to figure out, okay, is this screen that does this subscription currently focused? Is that what the user's looking at? So there's a bunch of these cool hooks that just, they're super easy to use, super easy to grab this dynamic content, and that the integration between your application and React Navigation, which is like, it's it's a huge library that's doing a ton of stuff. It basically bridges that gap so much easier by using these hooks. It's really simple and easy to read API. Yeah, I was looking at the use focus effect. When you have a tab bar at the bottom or the top, if you're on Android, <laughs> that, that equates in my head to almost an iframe or in the old days, frames. Because after you've selected one of the tabs, um, if you return, you know, you go to a second tab and you return back to the first tab, that content seems to be cached. Mm. In my app, I always wanted to update that because it was a list of sessions that would scroll on its own based on the time of day and whatnot. So I'm curious if use focus effect can be tied to one of those tabs. So when you tap it, it would automatically, you know, the listener would fire off and it would go fetch updated data. Does that sound like that would work? Yeah, so I hadn't used, somehow I like completely missed the use focus effect hook because, you know, I use use effect a lot in the app I'm working on now because we subscribe data, we check when we change tabs, do we have updated data? And basically I was just passing, the result of is focused, I was passing that as a parameter to use effect which basically seems like it's doing the same thing as use focus effect. Got it. Yeah, it seems like use focus effect would be perfect. It's doing the exact same thing as what you were just describing where we go and subscribe to content or resubscribe to content when we focus on that tab. So I had this weird problem where you could tap on the star to favorite a particular session and it would add to your schedule. Then you would go to the schedule tab and you would see everything there and if you went if you unfavorited it from your schedule it would remove immediately from that screen but then if you went back mm. to the original screen the star was still there and i actually had to do this janky timer so every five seconds or something it would re reload or scan down through you know and unhighlight that star and it was really it was duct taped together you know if you've ever added timers in the right. simulators and emulators hate that and complain about you know your timer sitting there and um, just sort of scares you about wasting memory and threads and all that. So I'm I'm actually looking forward to checking out. Yeah, definitely. And like that's a great point. There was those weird little things, and like any framework's going to have this. React Native may have a few more of kind of those like weird little hacks that you have to do from time to time. That's just the nature of being a relatively young technology. And with these use focus effect use is focused 
all these different hooks, it kind of allows us to start removing those janky little hacks that we had to do to get something done. Because this library scene, oh, you know, this is an issue a lot of people are having. And with this rewrite, knowing that going into it, also we've got the benefit of having hooks available to us now. It just allows us to write much more clear, much better code. That's just, I don't want to say better, not that, you know, using a, a set timeout or a set interval is bad, but there, there's code smell to that. Like, you know, there's some, something doesn't feel right when you have to write that kind of stuff. So having these different hooks in place and this, this API in general, it just allows us to get rid of some of those things that we know didn't quite, weren't quite right. They got the job done, but they weren't quite right. That's one of those super nice things about these hooks and i found with hooks in general is it just it makes my code much more clear yeah another one i'm looking forward to is use linking i was looking reading about that and it looks like you can deep link into your app much easier mm -hmm. than you could in the past and this is going to be super valuable for me because you can send push notifications with my whole conference system and an attendee gets that and there might be a specific session that's canceled or changed and I believe then from that push notification, you can deep link down into a specific screen of your app. Right. So I could go straight to that session information or, you know, that announcement or directions or whatever it is in the app, uh, maybe a floor plan or something like that. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be kind of neat for me. And then another one um, I thought was a little different, like all of those we've mentioned so far are really super technical. And then there's use scroll to top. And this is specific to flat lists and scroll views. I think I've used JavaScript in the past to, you know, you tap something and scroll back up to the top of the list. Mm -hmm. But this one just feels different than the other hooks. I guess they needed it. Right. So I think, I'm trying to remember correctly, but like, I think if you were to tap the tab bar, and I'm not sure about Android, but on iOS, tap the icon of the tab you're currently on in a tab bar, that will typically scroll you to the top of the list. Oh. And using use scroll to top is going to basically allow us to tap into, okay, we've had this interaction on the tab bar. We know this is the current action. Given that we're on the current tab, they tapped it again. Let's scroll to the top of the list. And then it's giving us a ref to use to pass to the scroll view uh, to then automatically scroll it to the top. I hope I'm right on okay. that. But that's the way I've kind of understood this use scroll to top. Somebody will let us know here. if you're not. Exactly right. No doubt on that one. Yeah, well, that's really cool. So you were you were talking a little bit about use navigation versus use route. Do you want to talk about the difference between navigation and a route? Yeah, absolutely. So in V3, V4, maybe before this, if you wanted to pass something from your list screen to your details screen, you would say navigation.push, or actually it would be navigation.navigate in the past, screen name, and then a second parameter to that would be an object containing any data you want to pass from your list screen to your detail screen. On your detail screen, you would then have to say navigation.getparam, whatever one of the keys is in that object that you passed. That just wasn't natural. That was a kind of a confusing API, and then sometimes you would have to check, does it actually have that parameter, all that stuff. So the way that it works now is Rather than everything being on navigation, you're accessing parameters passed to a screen via a function on navigation. The way they've done it, and I love this, is you've got navigation. Navigation, the navigation prop is going to be the way you interact with the navigator. Navigation.push, navigation.pop, navigation.navigate, all those things. And then the route parameter, or route prop, is going to be where is all the information about that route going to be. 
So you've got access to route.params. Those are the things that you're passing from the previous screen to this new screen. Or you can access other information like the title of the screen, but there's a bunch of other stuff. Basically, it's been this navigation versus route has been a really nice way to differentiate between the actions and then the route information with this new API. And then those are passed automatically as props to any screen that's registered as a screen with the navigator. And then we've also got access to that information via use navigation and use route hooks uh, to grab that in any children components that you want to, you don't want to pass a bunch of props down to. Yeah, that's really nice. I think I've used, and I say I think because, you know, I've mentioned in the past that I just sort of learned what I need to know to get the job done. And uh, I think I use route um, in my app. Not 100% sure, but I like the, the fact you can just throw use route in there and have access to that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, a lot of the times we're only learning as much as we need to do to accomplish a task at hand. That's one of those areas where I think React Navigation did so, so well with this API is if you're spending time programming, it's much more intuitive to what you would expect. Route mm -hmm. makes it... It's like just it's using an object versus having to know an API to get a parameter off of an object. This API has just made it super simple where, okay, I'm passing a parameter, route.params. It just, it makes sense versus navigation.getparam. It's, it's good stuff. I've loved the way my code has looked when using React Navigation v5. It really gives you a nice solid foundation. When you look at your code, you're pleased with it. It makes sense. You understand it. It's just really tight. I guess, I guess that's another word. It's clean and tight because yeah. I was looking at, you know, my JS file that for my app and it was just long. There's a lot of, a lot of lines of code to set up all this navigation throughout the app. And uh, this component based API is really, really cool. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of little building blocks in React Navigation V5 that you can use throughout your app to just make things a lot easier, a lot cleaner. Absolutely. And probably less prone to bugs too, because there's less code involved. 100%. The more we write, the more bugs there's going to be, no matter what we do. So less code we have to write, the less likely we are to write a bug in there. Something that I just remembered, and like this might have been in V4 or previous versions, but something I've been using a lot is when we define a navigator, we can pass screen, uh, I'm trying to think if it's navigation options or screen options. Of course, I can't find it right now, but the there's- Navigation options sounds right. Yeah, so what we can do now is basically Every screen has a bunch of options. You can set, for example, the title or the header title. You can go ahead and customize each screen however you want. That's one of the really nice things about React Navigation. But what we can also do is say you've got a tab navigator and they all have pretty much the exact same formatted tabs. All you need to do is change the prop name. Well, with the way that React Navigation v5 works is you can go ahead and pass these navigation options or tab bar options they're basically going to be global for all of the tabs below it. So you can go and set, you know, I want to use ion icons. I want to set my tab bar title to be styled in a certain way. And I don't have to repeat it for each one of my screens because it's in that parent one. I just need to go ahead and customize it on each level. And again, that's allowing me to write way less code, way less to maintain. Um, and again, I don't know if it was there before, but I just know it's there now and it's just made code much easier and it's it's really really easy to quickly scan it and read it and again like mm -hmm. we say less code we have to write less bugs sort of along those lines there's also a theming api 
in V5. Mm. And I, I think there was a little bit in 4. They, they may have introduced that. I may be wrong on that. Yeah, that's really interesting also because, you know, if you wanted to change colors across the board, you needed a config file or a big search and replace to go through every single screen and, and change those style sheets. Or you needed to do an external style sheet and apply it to all of your components, which is kind of jinky. So this mm-hmm. theming API is, is really interesting to me as well. Yeah, definitely. Again, I always, I always bring this back to my app because that's sort of how I frame all of this. And whenever I spin up a new client, I change the config file and probably 90% of the code is the same. And I'm changing colors, logos, uh, fonts, that sort of stuff. Not right. typically fonts, but usually colors and logos. And there's probably a dozen different colors, you know, color parameters, color variables in there that I set based on um, dividing lines in the lists, header background colors and separator colors, section headers, all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. So this theme thing looks pretty cool, this theme API. Yeah, themes is one I haven't touched on actually using it in React Navigation. Uh, But yeah, that's one of those things that's really cool because, I mean, we're seeing more and more often now, not even like configurable themes between our different apps, but just light mode versus dark mode, depending on the time of day, using themes that's built into React Navigation, we can tap into that super, super easy. It seems, again, I haven't touched on this part yet, but um, it seems like this is an API that is, it's been built since dark themes are very common on mobile now. One of the last things that we'll talk about then is uh, kind of the extensibility of React Navigation v5. The way it works, and the way it's always worked, is you can write custom navigators, but the way that React Navigation v5 works now is, one, it's, like we've said again and again in this, the API is very straightforward and simple. And one of the ways that they do that is by using a variety of peer library, peer dependencies. So you'll see when you install the library, you've got to install like four or five other packages. And those are all things that are allowing us to use much more from the native platform. Because of all this, something we can do is actually use a native, a truly native navigator. So the way React Navigation has worked in the past is it's a JavaScript implementation uh, that basically matches the native iOS or Android animations. But because of the way it's built, native navigators are now possible and there is a native stack navigator available with React Navigation. It's almost 100% drop-in replacement for Create Stack Navigator on a basic front. That's really, really cool because one of the biggest issues people have had with React Navigation is why are we reinventing the wheel? Why don't we just use the native navigators that already exist on iOS and Android. They're built by the platform for the platform. They work perfectly. It's what everyone's used to. And that's always been the really strong draw of Wix's uh, React Native Navigation. But with React Navigation v5, we've got access to these actual genuine 100% native navigators that we can still interact with via this common, comfortable, declarative uh, JSX-based API that we've got with React Navigation v5. The native navigation is supposed to be faster? So more responsive? I don't know. I've never seen huge differences. I'm always getting 60 frames per second when using a Java, the JavaScript navigators in React Navigation. So I think the big draw is there is just why are we introducing all of this additional complexity of building a JavaScript navigator when we can just use the native one? Mm, gotcha. Um, and then there's also things where people do have issues with the JavaScript navigator not performing in the same way. Um, 
so on and so forth. So it's, I don't know, there, there's definitely benefits. I think you're always going to get the best possible experience using the fully native navigator, but you do give up on some of the customizability that comes with the job. Yeah, that makes sense. But, you know, just being an option is, I think, a, a super strong selling point that V5 has um, over previous versions. Yeah, that's nice. In my boat, I have V3. Do you want to talk about upgrading? Yeah, so... Um, I didn't see docs for upgrading from 3 to 5. Right. You can go from 3 to 4, and then 4 to 5. <laughs> or pretty much what I'm probably going to do is just create a new project and, you know, start from scratch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that that's an issue, um, definitely, is basically the only super clear upgrade path is four to five between three and four there wasn't a huge api change but there were a few different things if you want to go from v3 to v5 you'll probably want to go through v4 if you've got a lot of changes there so upgrade from v3 to v4 test your app out make sure it works from there you can go up to v5 if you're going v4 to v5 the easiest way is going to be using the compatibility library and this library is going to allow you to use 100% of what you already have. So the previous uh, kind of object-based configuration of your navigation files, you can keep using that. You just need to tack a extra function around your create blank navigator functions. So that's, it works, right? Or as you're in, in this boat going from V3 to V5, if you don't have a super complex navigation structure and reality is I don't, I don't know that a ton of apps have super, super, super complex navigation structures where it's tough to rewrite it from uh, scratch. Maybe I'm wrong with this. If if so, I, I apologize for the complexity in your app. The way I would take this is basically the API is different. I don't want an intermediary compatibility library in there, so I'm going to try and rewrite it. And if you're familiar with React Navigation, if you've already written it, if you've already done things with it, V5 is going to be super familiar for you, and it's going to get rid of those pain points you already have with the, the library. So I feel like rewriting it, transitioning to this new API from scratch is going to, I don't know, be less of a challenge than you may expect it to be, thinking, oh, you know, I'm rewriting all of my navigation stuff. Yes, but really in your case, going from a previous version to this latest one with the new syntax, it's really just... Yeah, rewriting the syntax, but everything kind of underlying, like all the going from screen A to screen B, that code is all the same. It all looks the same. It's just the way you're defining it that's different. And then having to slightly change the way you access parameters, which I think is just going to clean up your code in general anyways. I think doing a rewrite will just get you, it'll get you there quicker. You know, if you're using Compat and you have some weird error going on, that's going to be really hard to debug and try and figure out. Whereas with the component API, when you rewrite it that way, it's going to be really straightforward for you. Yeah, it's going to be straightforward. And when you do run into an issue, because, you know, it's inevitable, everything's got bugs. You don't have that compatibility library where it's like, oh, you know, is it is it my code that's causing the issue? Is it actually the stack navigator that's causing the issue? Or is it the compatibility library causing the issue? So removing that intermediary is, uh, I don't know, always beneficial. I'd say as scary as it is, Rewriting is always a good idea, uh, or not always a good idea. You know, software developers are always going to say, yeah, we need, a, we need to completely rewrite this app. It's garbage. But I wouldn't rely on this compatibility library for a long-term solution. It's great to get the quick win of upgrading, 
But then once you've done that upgrade, I'd start going through that full rewrite process of just using core React Navigation V5 stuff to actually write your, or to declare your navigation structure. If you're upgrading, you need to have React Native dot 6.0 mm -hmm. for V5 anyway. You know, you might end up having to upgrade React Native just to get to V5. So you might, there might be a lot of rewriting in your future. Yeah, that, that that's a good point. Like we were saying, React Navigation V5 leverages a lot of changes in the community. If you haven't been keeping up to date on your React Native versions, there there's going to be some rewriting you'll have to do to be able to leverage uh, React Navigation V5. So it, it's always that tricky thing. Like I want to stay on the bleeding edge to some extent of the latest versions of React Navigation, but I can't spend all my time rewriting things. So it's kind of that constant balance. Yeah, is uh, 6.0 when hooks came in? Is that why? I believe so. Yeah, that's when we started yeah. using, what was that, React 16.8 or whatever, wherever hooks was kind of introduced into core. But on that front, I think we've, in 2020, we've had one React Native release so far of version 0.62. 0 0.6 has been out for a bit of time. Mm -hmm. Basically, like I try never to get more than six months behind on a release or ideally three months. I like to keep everything uh, upgraded on that, that schedule. But if you've upgraded in the last six to nine months, I think you're going to be fine in terms of the React Native dependencies to actually upgrade uh, React Navigation. So do it. Do it. Like I was saying earlier, it's just a pleasure to write this code. Like it's super, super clear on what's going on, why it's going on and figuring out, you know, where where is my issue? Actually, yeah. You know you're a nerd if it's a pleasure to write this code. Exactly, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Well, that's great, man. That was that was a really good dive into some of that stuff. Yeah. If there's any questions, hit us up on Twitter. We'll have some show notes with some links to the documentation up on the website, reactnativenerds.com, or our Twitter account at reactnativenerds. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and a little sell uh, here, even though this is a free course. But I do have a, a short course on React Native School that kind of covers the ins and outs of React Navigation V5, just getting you familiar with this API and kind of how everything's structured. So if you want to check that out, it's at React Native School. It's a free, you know, maybe hour-long course uh, that just kind of walks you through this uh, new API. But also React Navigation V5, the docs are incredible. That's something that React Native community constantly amazes me with is just how good the docs are. I totally recommend the course. Definitely. <laughs> I went through it and um, it helped me really understand and see the syntax in action. And once you see that, it just clicks. It just makes sense. So, so go take that course. I appreciate it. That's awesome to hear. Well, John, it's been a pleasure talking to you today. It's been fun talking about React Navigation. And uh, next up, we have Context. Yeah, that is That'll a... Next episode. That's, that's a fun one to use. Can't wait. All right, take it easy. You too. I'll talk to you next time. All right, see ya. Bye. Thank you for listening. You can get show notes and leave comments at reactnativenerds.com.